Hello chaps and chapettes, welcome back to another episode of the Guitar Geeks podcast. How are you all doing? I hope everybody is well, wherever you're listening from, wherever you're joining this. If you're new, welcome. My name's Josh. I am the Corona Mortis on Instagram. I'm your host here at the Guitar Geeks. And we are joined by somebody that I originally planned on season one on the podcast. And then life happens, things happen, and, you know, it all kind of gets befuddled into one messy goodness. But I would like to introduce the artist known as Woolwyn to the show. Woolwyn, how you doing, my man? Mate, I'm so good. I'm glad, glad we got to do this. I know it's been about like a year in the planning, or so, something like that. But you know, but you're not always... only that, did you? Um, do you remember like how we actually started talking? I do. Yes. Um, funny enough, I was thinking about this the other day because we first got it talking because we were both Kemper users, and I was like. I want to swap my toaster for my, like, you know, for a rat mount one. And that was kind of how I think we started getting. Yeah. I didn't know if you remembered about that. That was crazy. Cause I, um, weirdly I've, I've flip flopped back. I, um, I actually don't. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted a toaster for a while cause I had my whole studio set up. Um, at my parents' house had a lot more room and then moved out tiny, tiny apartment in London and basically downscaled all my gear got smaller speakers smaller amps all that kind of stuff smaller interface and yeah the huge Kemper rack mount was top of the list to uh go because I mean it's literally the same thing but just in a in a smaller form and I found you on the Kemper forum and I was like yes let's do it but we just never got around to it I know we never got around to doing it and ironically I'd say I don't even own a Kemper anymore so you know we can't even I saw you're uh you're a neural guy now right I am yes, mate. I we got like... we got we got to talk about that. We got to get into that because uh... yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, man. <laughs> you, it's like living in London and space saving. It would just be the thing for you. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't know if we're going to get into it right now. I don't know. We're just going straight in. We'll go. We'll start talking uh, here. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get. There. We'll, we'll get, get it. We'll get it. Um, so for kind of people that have, you know, haven't necessarily heard of you as such, uh, let's get a nice little introduction on you, what you do, what you're about. Yeah, so my name's Woolwyn, I make pop punk, emo, that category of music. Um, been at it for a while, kind of flip-flop between that and more commercial pop, but yeah. Um, now nah, I just found found my niche, man. Found my found my zone. Just went right back to the beginning of just being a kid and you know picking up the guitar, listening to like Fallout Boy, Paramore, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, that's me right now. Just releasing some nostalgic emo bangers. People seem to be digging it. I think everyone's on a bit of a nostalgia hype right now, which is great for me. But yeah, just now, nah, just doing stuff I love. But um, yeah, producer. Uh, music video director on the side that kind of stuff but uh yeah ultimately i think people know me for making songs that remind them of when they're in high school that's a quote that comes up quite a lot it's the angsty years yeah that angsty when you know every minor relationship seemed like the biggest thing of all time <laughs> that's pretty much where uh, the basis of my songs come from but uh nah man it's 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 good fun like i said i took a little detour into 
the more commercial side I had some like cool co-writes with people and stuff and uh, you know what it's like coming from the alternative scene and you know we're grinding for years like I've been playing small venues for all of my life like tiny shows no Dingy one's there and... yeah and I mean they're super fun don't get me wrong like that was amazing cutting my teeth and all that kind of stuff and then literally like you dip your toe into the mainstream pop side of stuff and yeah I did like an arena tour a couple of years ago I say a couple it was like almost 10 years ago now shit um, <laughs> and uh, time flies like <laughs> yeah and um Oh wait, can I swear in this podcast? Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, know. of course you can. Ah, yeah, okay, you nice, can. Well, nice. It's always good to check. You got to check firsthand. Um, yeah, no, a couple of like big things like that, and it's all well and good. But the uh, my, I mean, I'm not trying to discourage anyone that kind of goes from alternative to more mainstream. You know, it's whatever. But just my my passion, my love is in emo, pop punk, metalcore. That's where I thrive. I mean, like you and me are kind of both roughly the same age, so like you know, we both grew up with you know, like say like Fallout Boy, Paramore, My Chemical Romance, you know, Green Day. That was just kind of oh, know, mate. What, that was what we thrived on in the like the two thousands. That was it. Like that was mate. Kerrang! TV all day. Scuzz. Scuzz. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Lava? That was around uh, for a yeah, little while. I, I remember Lava. That was like, if you couldn't, if Kerrang wouldn't take your stuff, <laughs> like Lava would definitely play your band stuff. It was, uh, nah, man, it was a good channel. They had some bangers on there. But yeah, that whole time, just hitting up promoters on MySpace and just going around doing that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. Speaking of MySpace, I've seen on your socials this week, you're, uh, you're revamping the... Uh the like the MySpace, ain't you? Like I swear I seen you posting some things. Of, yeah, mate, I'm on MySpace. I'm on MySpace now. And yeah. If we get like a revival of MySpace now for people in outrage, we know it's down to you. I mean, look, I would love to take the credit for it. That would be <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> but and you say people are rage, mate. This is gonna shock you. So I so okay, I had this vision like a couple of years ago, like when I started going down this nostalgia train and just, yeah, reviving all this like cool early 2000s stuff, I was like, and everyone's always complaining about algorithm this and algorithm that, and you know, you can't get seen on TikTok and Instagram and everyone's like scrambling for spaces on Spotify playlists. And I was like, I'm just going to fuck all this off and just release my album on MySpace. I'm just going to make a MySpace profile and just put everything up on there just just for the lols. Um, but, mate, I don't know what has gone on there. I think Tom's gone. The coding <laughs> is completely fucked. Like, you can't even you can't even sign up. I think I tried to actually make a MySpace profile and it wouldn't even send me the email verification. So I just gave up on that. But um, I put out I put out a TikTok a few weeks ago basically saying that like i miss myspace so hard um just just a random innocuous uh you know whatever just a rant and this dude was like yeah there's a there's like a myspace kind of emulator thing like check out this website and i was like all right so i've gone on there and this kid i'm gonna call him a kid because he's like 20 so he wasn't even around when myspace was a thing 
he's somehow I taken the code. Yeah, <laughs> he's somehow taken the code of MySpace and made a comp- like redone it like the old school code and everything's the same like i've had to relearn all my html and css and yeah mate all the layouts are back you can and because it's modern now you can input um your spotify profile on there and i'm proper plugging this thing it's uh it's it's called uh space hey that's it space h-e-y and for yeah for all intents and purposes it's basically my space and a few other people have jumped on it I've got a few other bands to make profiles on there, but mate, I think there's already a little bit of a thriving community on there. Um, but it's all youngsters. It's all like these teenagers and kids who are loving this like Y2K vibe. It's weird. I would have been I like, yo, it. yo, you weren't even here. When it was, <laughs> was nah, 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 nah. I'm not being that guy. I am not being that guy <laughs> because like, mate, even before, okay, before all this like pop punk stuff, before emo was big. So I got into guitar. Um, I think one of the first, one of the first songs I learned that I was like, yes, I can do this was like master of puppets. Um, learned that when i was like 14 15 um and obviously that like it was when i once i learned about like metallica and maiden and slayer everyone was like oh well you know check out trivium and bullet my valentine and stuff and that that was like my trajectory into like the whole modern side but now nah, before that i was one of those kids who was 14 but only listened to Metallica and uh, like uh, Jimi Hendrix and uh, Malmsteen and all this like old man shit and you know and and dudes like that were like oh what do you know about uh, Master of Puppets and all this I was like man I'm just learning this stuff I'm trying to break into this scene so I am not gonna be that guy to the young kids like if there's a kid who's 14 who's just discovered you know early like uh, Motion City soundtrack or something or like Jimmy Eat World like that's awesome that's incredible like I fucking love that so much it's 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 like I've I noticed it when I was went to uh, My Chemical Romance uh, is it last I think it was last year yeah I think it's last year and um, it was such an array like different array of people because it's like me and my missus you know like kind of like at our age you know, there was then people and then there was like, you know, 13, 14, 15 year olds. And I'm like, I've never seen kind of such a, like a demographic, but everyone's exactly the same at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone's just on that same vibe and like, it's uh yeah, it's crazy, man. I think just ultimately, I just, I love to see it. I love to see it. It's great. Like he, um, because it, it, you know, it, it did, it did die for a little while. No, no one likes to admit it, but it was, it was on call yeah. for a little bit. But I feel like we're back now, and so I'm going to embrace it. I, like I say, a lot of people have something to say about it, and they're kind of upset about it. But I don't know. I think it's cool. So, what was the the music like as you were growing up as young, like you know, when you was a kid? Because you know, you say like you know, with Malmsteen, Metallica, and then obviously the pop punk stuff, but you know, especially kind of music is so ingrained into us in a younger age, you know, what was in the Woolwin household, so to speak. Oh, mate, like growing up, I mean, even to today, like I've got such an eclectic taste, which like I owe that to my parents, 100%. Like, uh, 
I mean, well, I say my parents, probably my mum. My dad listens to, like, hymns. <laughs> That's about it. And, um, <laughs> mum, every Sunday, is always gospel, um, you know, R&B, reggae, all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, the country where we're from, Sierra Leone, big for soca music. Um, and, you know, like, now, in modern terms, I guess, Afrobeats is kind of what it's evolved into. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, a lot of that and then it was mainly i had like my one cousin andy he showed me slipknot when i was way too young to be listening to slipknot and i think it just like freaked me out and i was just like intrigued by that but um i guess like the alternative stuff came from wwf like back in the day i mean especially I don't know about you, man, but I have watched like the Rock Austin My Way promo. Like, I have to watch that, that at least that once was a month. Go, like, that was. <laughs> like, it's even pe- like people that don't know anything about wrestling. I'm like, okay, just just watch this, and you'll you'll get it. You'll get it. And I mean that they had, yeah, there was a My Way promo. Um, I'm getting a bit niche now, but like uh, Survivor Series, uh, the Elimination Chamber, they had uh, Saliva. I remember that was a big one. Um, And yeah, just a a lot of the old wrestlers back then, you know, you say people like kind of, uh, you know, Christian, I mean, don't mention him, but Benoit and, you know, there were so many people that had like those metal soundtracks and say like you had Saliva and Finger Eleven. Uh, finger 11 oh came, yeah man. that was oh mate i forgot about that one that was that was the um did you ever have the forcible entry album yes i did yes that was i think do you know what if i can pinpoint it to one cd i'd say it was that one that was like okay let's do some heavy guitar shit now because yeah that was all yeah you had Finger Eleven on there doing Kane's theme and uh, Our Lady Peace and um, he was oh god it was just mate it was, it was so just action packed action packed of just bangers but yeah like so once I started getting like deeper into the wrestling stuff um, it was yeah you're just surrounded by rock music at that point and yeah we're just kind of off to the races from there so yeah was family you, like sorry um, go on. Like, I remember going, like, if you do family trips, like, especially around Christmas or anything like that, you'd have, like, a Walkman CD and you'd put forceball entry on and you'd sit in the back seat and <laughs> just spam wrestling themes for, like, an hour. May that was me. That was, that was literally me. And I feel like it was... I didn't... I actually didn't register it as rock music. Like, I was listening to wrestling music. I was listening to, oh, this is this is Kane's theme. It's not Finger Eleven. It's just, this is the music Kane walks out to, and it was badass. Um, and then, oh, mate, another core memory just unlocked from this conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, it was all, yeah, I just, anything that had a guitar and, like, screaming, that was just wrestling music. And then one day I'm just sitting watching MTV or something and Linkin Park, One Step Closer, comes on the TV. And I'm like, oh, this sounds like the wrestling stuff, but there's no wrestling. It's just <laughs> it's just music. And then that was it, man. Went out to HMV, got Hybrid Theory, and I was like, yep, yeah, that was that's that's probably between those two records, that was probably the start of my journey for sure. 
I remember like years ago when I say like I was like really heavy into the wrestling in, in like the teen years, and I remember um, when like Eddie died and he was like one of my like for me he was the best. I mm. loved Eddie. And um, I remember me and my mates, he uh, had like a big ash trampoline in his back garden. We had turned it into a makeshift wrestling ring. And then we, um, yes. we like did like a tribute to Eddie of doing like suplexes and frog splash. Made, like this is when we was having to like to film it on a flip phone. Oh, mate. Sort of thing. And then we had, um, I think it was we put Higher by Creed as like the soundtrack of like, oh, like Creed that was one I forgot to mention Creed yeah they do you know what they get they get too much they get a lot of shit the more more than they deserve like I think we need to admit that they had some absolute bangers I think the world just needs to come to grips with that now that <laughs> they were actually a really good band I mean Nickelback as well I'll put them in there for sure they have some slappy riffs man like yeah they they. I remember I was watching something uh, on the Formula 1 and they had like I was like yo this riff is killer and it was a riff that I hadn't recognised before and then I put on Shazam next to it and I was like oh yo it's Nickelback and honestly I was like, mate they don't they don't mess about like I think um, look they're very cheesy we can we can all admit that they've got some kind of cheesy lyrics and stuff but i mean i don't know man they uh i I don't know what it is the world just turned on them at one point and we all just kind of went along with it like admittedly i did as well you know (laughs) like it's just kind of you get involved in the memes but i think now finally we're at that point where yeah nickelback creed oh do you know who else from the early like WWF era that uh, that I was obsessed with, that unfortunately you're getting a lot of stick now is a uh, puddle of mud. Oh yeah, they make control blurry Pfft, bangers. I, re- I remember was it last? I think it was last year or the year before. Uh, Jared Dines shared a video of Puddle of Mud doing a cover of something by Nirvana. That's when um, that's when they started getting shot on, yeah, because it was yeah, it was not and good. And I was just like, oh mate, I was just like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, but then I I saw a whole um I think I saw a whole doco on those guys and just uh this, I forgot the singer's name, but he's been through a lot. He's been through so much and. Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. I was like, oh, okay, you know, fair enough. But I think I think they're in a good place right now. But I mean, just yeah, just as a band, yeah, Puddle of Mud, they had some, they had some killer riffs and actually uh, influenced quite a lot of my new stuff now. Just without, I think subconsciously, they um, their guitarist does some really really interesting stuff with harmonics, like um more natural harmonics than like pinch stuff um and just kind of making melodies out of them and it's just so good and yeah i've been sprinkling that in a lot of my songs um as like kind of lead parts and yeah heavily uh puddle of mud influenced really i've noticed kind of like gajira and spirit box like especially have really started like i guess it was kind of mainly started by Gajira, but really bringing in, like you say, the natural 
harmonics now into a lot of the like the heavier of the metal aspects and and breakdowns just to add those extra it's just so good elements yeah so good yeah i mean yeah i think spirit box more in that um kind of want to say like genty kind of way where they'll have like a like a wild chuggy thing going on and just throw in like a couple of like natural harmonics in there. Mine are mine are way more tame than that. I can't I do not gent. I wish I could. Bloody wish I could, but it's uh yeah, just kind of using them as like um as more melodies. It just sounds sometimes it will just sound nicer doing a melody as a harmonic rather than just like picking it. Um but yeah, definitely pinch that off puddle of mud. With um, a lot of the videos that you do with through TikTok and Instagram and the socials, you know, you do a lot of the kind of, I would say like a refresh of like a classic pop punk hit, um, like when you've done bits from Fallout Boy. Um, how do you approach that? Because it's very easy to just make it a generic cover, but you kind of make it a cover but you take it that extra step further and add like your push on it i appreciate that man yeah like um so like on youtube i kind of pretty much got started doing i don't want to say i invented punk goes pop but (laughs) i was kind of i was just doing that before i even knew that was a before like those albums became like really big I'd kind of just do those and not even post them just for just for having the lols. Like I just kind of take a pop song and I'd kind of work it out and be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I can see how the guitar works on that. And yeah, you slap some drums over it and yeah, you got a brand new song there. And I guess I've been songwriting pretty much since the moment I started playing guitar. So... Yeah, when it came to doing arrangements and stuff, it's pretty... I don't want to say easy, but some of the songs kind of just speak for themselves. And also, I do very much... I cherry-pick songs that I know I can do that to. Like, my worst nightmare is when people request stuff. Like, people request stuff all the time. And they're like, oh, can you cover this? And you can you cover that? And A, I have to really like the song because you know what it's like being in the studio. You don't want to spend six eight hours tracking a song that you have no interest in so anything that i do cover a you know people have to know it and b i need to enjoy it and also like yeah it needs to be something that can actually be translated because some stuff just doesn't work (laughs) it just does not but like um you can really tell a lot of um like a lot of ones i've covered when i've actually dug into the songwriters of it they're like people that have experience in the alternative scene like um i mean like the most obvious one i mean i've not done a cover of their song but the most kind of obvious example of what i'm talking about is someone like skrillex who you know kids now would know him as skrillex and dubstep king but you know from first to last sunny Moore, like all that kind of stuff like it's there's so much to be said for the production and the songwriting of alternative music that literally if you just turn down the gain and uh, replace the drums with 808s, you've got a pop song. 
you, that's it's literally that it, the transition between them is so minute sometimes. It's very easy to go overboard, like you say. Sometimes dialing things back actually can improve um, can improve the overall product, so to speak. It's very easy to get carried away and just kind of go, you know, over the top with fucking I don't know blast beats and triplets and full on metal. It or you know you can really dial it back and get a more relaxed kind of groove out of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if that's what you're going for, then, you know, by all means. But I um, I specifically remember one time, there's a song called Bad that I brought out um, several years ago. Um, I went into it trying to do, like, a Katy Perry kind of thing. Um, where, like, if you take a lot of her songs, they sound really rocky, like Waking Up in Vegas. If you listen to that song... It's basically pop punk, just with no gain. It's just uh, very, like, the guitars are very, very pushed back, but, like, drum patterns, everything, it's a pop punk track. And so I went into this song kind of approaching it that way. I was like, okay, cool. Basically, it's pop punk, but we're going to disguise it. And before I know it, I've already quad-tracked the guitars, and there's, like, two separate lead parts, and the gains all the way up and I was like fuck's sake sounds like four years strong <laughs> like, <I was> like, <laughs> like went into it with one idea but then just as a guitarist you just end up you can't not layer like I don't get people that don't layer stuff and like I'm I'm pulling myself back more than I'm like trying to scramble around for ideas so yeah to answer your original question about like doing covers and just trying to make them original like it just comes from actually doing my own stuff and because i'll do that anyway i'll kind of everything i write will just be acoustic guitar and vocals just as a scratch idea and i've just gotten into the habit of being like okay so these are the chords we need an octave part we need lead parts we need you know different sections and different melodies and stuff so yeah i kind of just apply the same thing when i'm doing covers um, as to when I'm making my original stuff, to be honest. Like when you know, I've got your your Spotify up at the moment, and like you kind of you know you look at your Spotify profile, and it, it's not to be uh, trifled with. I mean, you've got kind of like <laughs> early for, you've got over thirty thousand followers. I mean, you've you know let you go is at three million plays. I mean, that's like you know, pretty fucking good. That was my that was my brief detour into pop <laughs> that I spoke about. That was um yeah, that was like my Justin Bieber phase, I call it. I was like, Yeah, go on, we can do this. We can be like a shitty chubby Justin Bieber. Why not? Um <laughs> but like uh yeah, that one it was you know, I still really like it as a song. Um but yeah, just you know, it's it's pop, it's dance, it you know, it's got so much reach. Um, but for the new stuff, like I'm like Thorns is probably my favorite song I've ever written, like in my life. And so for that to be, because I think that's still that's number one. I think Let You Go has more plays, but in terms of current streams, I think Let You Go, uh, sorry, Thorns sits at the top. 
yeah it's your most popular one yeah and i am so stoked about that because the worst thing in the world is and i've been through this with so many people that i've written with and produced with um we'll write a song you know just kind of half-assed that's always the one that blows up and then the one that you love and you've poured your heart into and you know spent ages on and you've got that emotional connection with people are like nah so like to have thorns as number one and that's the one that like my heart is in that song so dope so dope but yeah like um yeah every, every song that i'm bringing out this year is at that same emotional level and i'm yeah man i'm hoping people people pick up on it and they react to it like it's good like these are i'm not really like a huge numbers guy like i don't kind of keep track of all of it but it's it's just one of those things it's nice to see like i think thorns just punched over 200k which is unfathomable for me like i mean yeah <laughs> that's like way more than i'm used to seeing come up on on my spotify play so yeah i'm chuffed with that to be honest and to be honest it's kind of more than most people you know will realistically get especially when they do you know do their own solo ventures um you know some people are lucky if they get a thousand sort of you know kind of plays and I think a lot of it comes down as well, like I notice, especially through the social media aspects, that you're very um, engaged with your kind of with your fan base, so to speak, and the people that do follow you. Um, oh, I have to be. You have to be. Yeah, it's just that. It's just that connection when it's great. It's great to be appreciated as an artist. It's great to have, you know, quote unquote fans and all that kind of stuff. But I. F- feel like it's even cooler for an artist to appreciate their fans do you know what I mean like anytime I've reached out to someone that I genuinely love like oh man like um Mayday Parade shared one of my covers uh onto their Instagram and I freaked out I was like, that's so dope. Like, I've worshipped that band, like, for, like, oh, man, we're coming up to, like, 20 years or something since I started listening to them. And, um, yeah, like, you know, little things like that. So anytime someone tags me and stuff, I'll always share it, like, and and just, you know, people send nice messages all the time. And I make a point to reply to every YouTube comment. I've been slack on it recently, but just comments in general and stuff, like, I... I get it, like, when you're actually a massive artist and you've got millions and millions of people following you and you've got thousands of comments coming in every day, you can't do that. But my kind of philosophy is, until I get to that point, (laughs) I feel like I can... It's sustainable. It's at a sustainable point where, you know, like, on a... I don't know. It's Do you know what? It's very hard to gauge. I was going to throw out some numbers of what's realistic to kind of reply to but i've had i've had a couple of tiktoks go viral and that is an unsustainable amount of comments to to go (laughs) through like it's yeah it's it's wild but on, on instagram it's it's more manageable like on on a good video like being absolutely 100 honest and real like if i get like 50 comments on a video i'm more than chuffed like over the moon 
And like that's that's doable. It takes me it will take me a while, but that's doable. But yeah, TikTok. Ooh, that one. Like some it, it honestly, like videos just go crazy on there for some reason. Like it's just it's mad. It it's yeah, it, it, I feel like kind of Instagram has almost like tried to become TikTok with the way that, you know, reels have become heavily influenced on there, but yeah, yeah, and I'm noticing like, that a lot recently. Yeah, I'm like I've been focusing more on reels, but I mean, there it's interchangeable content. Um, I think moving forward, I'm gonna do more like creative stuff on on TikTok, just because the like the whole duetting feature is uh is a lot nicer than on uh, Instagram. And just doing like stitches and duets and stuff. And there's so many people that, um, oh, there's this one guy. I wish I could shout him out, but I can't remember his name. But he just does instrumentals of literally every every emo song you can think of. And he does really good ones. Like, I don't know what his background is, if he's actually produced or he's just mucking about. But it sounds really good. And so I'm just going to basically duet all of his stuff <laughs> and just like a... Uh, throw out a bunch of covers because it's been a minute since i've done some like decent covers just for fun just for you know just for keeping keeping my voice in check and yeah just actually having a good time it's like i i've noticed like i'll whenever i tend to do covers for my youtube i'll always put like you know a reel out you know to kind of i guess like you'd say promote it and like the reels will go like you know for me, I'm happy with getting like the six, seven, eight thousand kind of views on the reels. Like mm. that's kind of the, the the thing I get. And then, you know, like the YouTube video will get like two hundred views. Oh, mate, yeah, like it's uh, it's wild. YouTube's dead for me right now. I think YouTube is kind of. I think it's dead for most people because it's been in the game for that long. Okay, no, cool. Like, it's know, not just me. I was worried it was just me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But um they actually so I got I'm gonna flex a little bit. I got invited to um uh the Google HQ in London. Um it was basically like uh the launch of um YouTube Shorts and they uh in a roundabout way trying to compete with you know tiktok and reels and oh whenever you go there like i used mate i used to hang out there so much they used to have a youtube space at, um in london and it was so good like it was it was weird but it was good like weird in the sense of it was very like elitist so there were certain certain rooms you had access to depended on how many subscribers you had like that was it was some weird like black mirror type scenario but um but essentially like if you if you had enough subscribers you could go there and uh they had all the camera equipment all the stuff you wanted and you could just film whatever and it was it was so sick i used it so much because it was just such a great resource to have um and obviously yeah just keeps google going keeps the money pumping in for them so you know it's no sweat off their back but then that shut down during covid so as soon as i opened back up um 
yeah, I got an invite to the like YouTube shorts thing. Um, and it was for, um, I can't remember if it was black history month or black pride month or something like that. But, um, whole bunch of like really cool, uh, black YouTube creators that I got to meet. So that was really cool side of it. But, um, essentially they just tried to sell us on YouTube shorts and I went away and I was like, okay, cool. I'll give it a shot. Like I've got the vertical content there anyway for TikTok. So man, I'll just post it somewhere else. And yeah, it's dead, mate. <laughs> it's like I get no, I get no views on there. So I just like, I just gave up on that. But you know. It's that's kind of been a quite a, a nice segue to, you know, touching on that. And and as, as we all kind of know, being, um, into the kind of you know the community that we are is is can be challenging enough in itself regardless of kind of your background mm. um and obviously kind of you know being black that most of the time people are into more of kind of like you know the r&b the hip-hop you know that sort of um style of music so ha- like what are the challenges that you've necessarily faced with that or have you found it to be actually quite openly um embracing it's been do you know what it's like it's way more open than i thought it was going to be coming into it i think everyone kind of not everyone but most people kind of from my family especially kind of like oh you know like because i mean especially like the olders you know they remember you know the kind of like punk scene and skinheads and all that kind of stuff and i'm like now nah, we've moved on it's not punk it's pop punk this you know, is different now and um but i mean the weirdest thing for me and what's it it it, it was weird then and it's fucking amazing now is that I had, I sp- I had a f- I had a few examples of this, but specifically one cousin I remember just because he's uh he's like a famous rapper, and um he so he was like in the early like grime scene and all that kind of stuff, and you know I went over to his place one day, and he was like, oh you like all that like rock stuff don't you, and I was like yeah. And he was like, oh, like, look at this. And he pulled out this Sum 41 CD. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> like, so he like, he, man, he loved like, yeah, Sum and like Blink and all that kind of stuff. But the kind of scene that he was in, like, yeah, being a grime rapper, like it wasn't, you know, that wasn't cool. It wasn't accepted. And, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't what you listened to. But he kind of just, you know, he just dug it and kind of listened to it on the down low. And I feel like a lot of us uh, kind of felt that way. I've always done whatever the fuck I wanted. Like, I mean, going back to, you know, wrestling and stuff, like how many times are people like, oh, you know, it's fake, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Like, and it's like, I think from that, I've always just not given a shit about anything that I'm into, you know, whether it's like watching wrestling whilst everyone was watching football and you know listening to emo while man like at that time like we hype emo up so much and we missed that early 2000s era 
But don't forget, like, this is at the height of, like, Eminem and 50 Cent and Usher and all these kind of people. Like, that's what was really in the mainstream at that time. So it was still, like, it was uncool to to like all that stuff, you know, whatever background you were. Um, but, yeah, especially for me, like, I, I remember going to so many, like, um, like, the kind of they did these like little school um like summer not a summer camp but like a little musician-y kind of thing and every time I'd like walk in they'd be like oh sick we've got a rapper I'm like no no <laughs> like I can't uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not down for that <laughs> they just assume like straight away but you know it, it is what it is and uh, be like no but I can scream so we can do some of that if you want but yeah but to kind of to come full circle to today where um now there's I mean there's so many I'm noticing so many like black artists so many like women artists and non-binary and everything like in alternative music and yeah we're just everywhere dude like everyone's just kind of come out of the woodworks and it's like actually no i used to listen to this shit but no one ever let me do it so now i'm doing it and i'm like that's sick because like i said i i was afforded the luxury of just the way I was brought up, like I said, I just kind of did whatever the fuck I wanted and no one really challenged me on it. So I was allowed to do that and I got good at it very quickly. Like I practiced my ass off at the guitar because I, and it's, and you know, it's something you're kind of brought up with um, from any kind of like minority background being in like the UK or like the US or something. It's a very kind of, um immigrant mentality of like you you have to be the best like you can't you can't just be all right because everyone's all right you know and if it comes to a point where you know someone is gonna be prejudiced against you because the way you look you have to be like undeniably good at what you do you can't just kind of skate by so I made sure that I was the best guitarist in my town and the best vocalist and everything and the best producer. And yeah, just worked really hard just to be as good as I can be. You've almost had to kind of push yourself to be the best, which, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't have to be that way. It should be accepted irregardless. But you, like you say, you've had to push yourself beyond that of everybody else purely just because of your background yeah 100 percent. yeah which then kind of you know makes you think as well you know well if i'm having to do that what are people that like you say are non-binary or transgender or female or you know there's it's it's very difficult for people that don't meet i guess what people would consider to be the social norm yeah and that kind of that standard and um and also kind of looking at it naively like especially it sounds weird saying oh in my 20s because i'm not in my 20s anymore (laughs) but like yeah brother yeah, man. Do you know, I'm, I'm embracing my 30s are awesome. Like, 30s is when you stop caring. But, 
you still kind of look like you're in the 20s but you're smarter it's the best time it's the best time but yeah like in my 20s was definitely like more of my like i want to say arrogant phase and just yeah like arrogant naivety kind of i was like oh well you know look at a like if i did a festival like 99 percent of the other musicians playing at that festival are white and i'm like the one black guy at the festival so i was like oh well i'm i will easily get noticed i'm like i stand out the most so you know (laughs) that's gonna get me all the attention but nah i just didn't really like it didn't work that way i thought it would i thought that would be like an awesome game plan so i kind of so growing up and being you know being like oh i need to be the best and and trial hard through my 20s i like wasted so much time and got so lax because i was like oh wait but hang on i'll instantly just stand out anyway so i'm just gonna stop trying and you know people will just notice me regardless and yeah i just put out a lot of stuff that wasn't just wasn't stoked on it just didn't have the same kind of passion with it and i was like yeah i need to need to stop that (laughs) and so now i'm like Oh my god, I, I I've got like one phrase that I've kind of gone into um this new record with and it's just no excuses. I don't want yeah, I don't want to be on a podcast in ten years time being like, Oh yeah, and in my thirties and I did this and blah blah blah. I was like, nah, there's no excuses. Like everything that needs to be done is getting done. Like whether we're talking about the writing or the production or everything like nothing's I'm not phoning anything in like we're going full steam ahead and if at the end of this you know I would I my ideal I will be over the moon if like every track I put out reaches that similar love from the fans as Thorns has because that's just been picked up like so amazingly well and I feel the same way about all my other songs I do about that, but it required a lot of effort. Like I was posting about that song so much and just spammed the internet with it. But it was great because it was the point of where people were getting fell like, Oh, for fuck's sake, not again. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, just before, before we got to that point, it was good. And it was like, and it was super organic as well, because then um, there were like a few girls that made it, um they made like the drop of the song into like a makeup challenge and that was not my influence at all like just one girl just did it and then a bunch of them just started doing it and it just picked up organically like that and i was like sick that's so fucking rad and um yeah every song deserves that attention every song needs that amount of effort from me initially and then people kind of pick up on that but yeah sorry to go in circles and go around i go on tangents so much but yeah, to answer your question, I, yeah, I naively assumed that being black and looking different would kind of like propel me to places that I didn't deserve to go, but it didn't kind of work out that way. But I mean, overall, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm a hard, I think like I'm, I'm a hard quote to go by just because I have always just done my own thing regardless. And I feel like I've been very lucky and fallen into a lot of really lucky situations. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of talk to people like uh, like Passionflower and, um, oh, and who are the girls from the US? They're so sick. Um, 
Oh, I forgot their name, but there's like three girls and they, they're crushing it in pop punk right now. And you've got Nova Twins as well. And um, oh, Mag- Magnolia Park. Like so many. Like there are so many just awesome alternative artists of color that are just smashing it. Absolutely smashing it. And it's it's wonderful to see. And that they're, you know, they've surpassed me in in like, you know, what I what I imagined I could achieve. And I think people just want good music. Like they just want they just want bangers now. Like <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter who it's coming from. We just need good tunes. That's it, man. That's it. like I I'm more down for the good music. Like I, I don't care who it is. I saw um uh what were they called? Uh, they were supporting Poppy. I think they were called Them Witches or those three witches or or, Mm. or something like that and it was a band like i'll be honest i looked at them and i was watching and i was like they look like they were like kind of 14 15 like you know mix of girls and um trans non-binary people yeah i think i know who you're talking about yeah yeah and they were fucking outstanding standing like nice. they just did not give two shits about <laughs> anyone or anything and they were just there making dirty music and i was just like yes all of the yes i'm totally down for this hell yeah man that's what it's about like yeah i think the minute you just let people do what they want to do and you don't follow any kind of social norms that are kind of like given to you like you know some great art can come from that. Like, I mean, oh, mate, amazing example. Can't believe I didn't mention her before, but Willow, obviously, like, her stuff's incredible. And imagine, like, yeah, your dad is the Fresh Prince. Like, you have to rap. Like, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Like, what, what else are you going to do? But, and, you know, she started her career off that way. But I feel like the more she grew up, just the way she did. She just ended up loving emo shit, and yeah, we got we got some we got some wicked songs from that. Like I still listen to Transparent Soul like so much, like yeah. So that's that's killer. That's amazing, and I feel like we've we've barely scratched the surface on on where on basically where we can be if we just let people be themselves and just let them just discover their own stuff. Like, right, I'm I'm saying this. I'm saying this now on this podcast because i want it to reach i want it to reach the right ears the internet needs to hear this one of my favorite albums of all time is collision course jay-z and lincoln park and to this day i don't think a greater collab has even come close to it i want to see my ideal it's got to be stormzy I want Stormzy and Bring Me the Horizon to make a Oof. mashup album. I'll either do I'll either do Stormzy and Bring Me, or I'll even go for Dave and Architects. I like either one of those combinations. That for me, because I feel like what Collision Course did was showed so many people that only listened to rap oh yeah this rock shit's pretty good like when you hear the yeah. fucking like the chugging riffs and then you got jay-z's raps over it it's like it even i think i'm not saying it was better than the black album but it it kind of especially like 99 problems like that oh that made that lincoln part riff it almost kind of amplified the intensity that he was trying to get across 
and it showed and i feel like from that so many people in the rap scene got into sampling rock stuff and we see it so much now like i mean like most of eminem's biggest songs are samples of rock songs like aerosmith and uh, and who else these sample but yeah like really good riffs that he sampled from other people and i feel like it came from that kind of era and and yeah like vice versa like i think at that time so many people were they they hadn't heard good rap music like they only knew limp biscuit <laughs> and they were like what is this and they showed them like jay-z stuff and it's like yeah okay this is where it comes from this is the original like this is what it's about and i feel like today i think we need that again we need to we need that resurgence of uh especially with grime i feel like grime is very cut off like grime feels the most cut off to from most distant from alternative music and i but i see because i'm involved in so many things like i grew up in like east london and essex and i've been around to see like the early days of grime to what it is now and just the vibe is i feel like it would mesh so well with metalcore especially just that same it's got that same intensity it's got that same aggression tempo as well mate it's there it's there it's sitting there it's literally sitting on the plate waiting to be done but i'm not talented enough in in either genre to attempt it myself i remember when rabia was uh playing guitar for stormzy when he was headlining reading leads and uh just like when rabia was coming out with the dirty like octaves you know, riffs and solos and transitioning into like kind of Stormzy set. It, it did really work brilliantly. And it, it was almost kind of like a nod back, like you say, to Jay-Z and Linkin Park because there's still so many people now that talk about that album, about how good it actually was. Mm. And there was some people that was, you know, that, that, that do kind of say it's on par with like hybrid theory, which, you know, is such a, a huge kind of compliment yeah. album nah big time big time and like i mean uh do uh, i'm not gonna say it's better i'm just gonna say i listen to it more i listen to more of the collision course stuff than i do like hybrid theory or meteora which are like my yeah. two top linkin park albums but it's just something different it just comes on and i'm like yeah this is sick this is this is a fun this vibe. Is the one yeah so we we kind of started talking about gear at the start. So let's talk gear because it is kind of like a gear podcast. All right. Should we um, should we should we talk about the Kemper? <laughs> should we talk about yeah. where where you're at? Why why did why did you switch? So I switched because as much as the Kemper was 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 great at what it does, it was very fiddly. I thought you mm. know I really enjoy the creative aspects of of like you know when i had some of the very early kind of like line six stuff and you know on the um was it pod farm on the on the computer and mm. changing bits around and effects and it was much more difficult to do with the camper it was kind of like i had my presets and that was kind of what i was used to you could swap delays or chorus for phaser and whatnot yeah that, um and then when the quad cortex kind of got announced at nam I was like, okay, this <laughs> this looks like it could be decent, and I'd started playing around with the the neural plugins anyway at that time, and I was like, man, these are so good, 
and I'm like, if they're like channeling everything into this, I was like, it, it's going to be good. So I've seen uh, a lot of the neural stuff, and like the the tones are undeniable. They're they're incredible. Uh, they're so, yeah, they're so good. And um, I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to try and invest into the neural stuff, I'm going to do it properly. So I pre-ordered the quad cortex. When it came up to like, I only had to put a deposit down. And then when it came to the payment, I was like, right, something's got to go. And I, <laughs> I just kind of turned my chair, looked at the camper, and I was like, sorry, but you're going to have to go. Cause I mean, this- yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, if you're buying a neural, like, you're not going to have them both. Um, and um, I, I was then, like, kind of in the transition period of where I was waiting for my quad cortex to arrive. So I was just using exclusively the neural plugins at the time. And it was then, like, I realized I didn't miss the Kemper. No, wow. And that was kind of when I was like, okay. And to be honest, since I've got the quad cortex behind me, I've never yeah. looked back. Mate, that's, that's solid. That's solid. Like, I'm, man, me with gear has been it's been such a journey like i've gone back and forth on so much stuff but um essentially for me i'm very loyal as well look how small it is oh man it's cute it is cute so wait is that the whole is that the whole interface yeah man that's it and you can use it as a USB interface as well, obviously. And okay. You can record your vocals through it and you can have oh, uh, okay. two guitars. You can have vocals. You can have like a bass as well. You can run up to four instruments and vocals through it and everything. It's fucking crazy. Okay, you're kind of selling me a little bit. Just just a touch. Just a touch. Just because I like, I like the the actual unit itself of the Kemper is just, I think, yeah, it's just like extremely well built. And I just, I just feel, it just feels solid, like plugging into it. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I'm just extremely loyal with my gear and I know I shouldn't be, but for me, like I've gone back and forth with like, I used to be super on, um, miking up always, had a nice uh had a nice Marshall head uh matching cab and that just gave me the tone I wanted and I just used to track guitars like miking it up with a 57 just standard and it was just that was good for a minute and then I'd do something for oh that sounds really good and then listen to something else and I'm like oh, but it's just not it's just not there it's just not punching and then for um I recorded the uh as the Semper Falls um self-titled album back in 2018 I think it was and we borrowed a Kemper for that and the tones are sick the minute we plugged it in I was like ah okay this is what a guitar should sound like and so I went away pretty much got one instantly after that session and do you know what it's just not let me down it's not let me down at all and i i definitely do not use it to the full extent that it should be like i literally only just got um an actual switch pedal for it um about a year ago only because um i was getting ready to do a live show and 
I just wanted to literally just to change from clean to heavy. That was it. That was the only reason I needed the pedal. But um, obviously in the studio, actually, nah, I was like, I, if I'm doing like delays and effects and modulations and reverbs, especially, I'm always using the door. Always. Like I've got way too many nice impulse responses for reverbs especially to to use anything else and so i actually just use the kemper purely as a guitar amp it's a guitar it's like for me i just look at it as i've got 100 guitar amps in one like i don't really use any of the onboard effects the wars are really nice i just got a wah um which i've been overusing so much because wah's fun loves a wah. it's so Everyone much fun like the um oh cheeky plug my new song coming out um stop living and don't dream coming out on the 24th of march that one i was tracking it i'm gonna put this on tiktok i was tracking it made the riff thought it sounded great and then i was like hmm what about what about a little little bit of war on there so i've got a nice stereo pan of um both like super heavy gain but um one uh right side pan is um a distorted wah and then left side is like slightly cleaner and it's just such a nice blend it's just a very subtle blend of the two but i mean that's probably as technical as my kemper gets really it's just the the profiles are just exactly how i'd like a guitar to sound and it's just such a clean signal that i'm like i'm good i'm happy and also um the only other thing I'll do in post is um, the... Oh, it's going to bug me, but it's such a good plug-in. It's, um, it's just like a little... No, it's going to annoy me. I need to go on Logic. <laughs> I need to remember what it's called because it's going to piss me off otherwise. Like, it is... Fair, ah, the, that's it. The Little Radiator by Sound Toys. Okay. Have you I've seen that? I've heard of that. It just, oh, mate, it just, even if it's, like, crunchy already, it just takes it to that next level. And that's a nice little one. Is it just a bit of compression, then? Yeah, it's like a, it's a compressor with just a little bit of light distortion on it. You can just kind of really, like, boost things on there. And um, it's it's so nice. So nice. But, uh, yeah, man, my whole gear journey has been a whole thing like i mean do you do you remember the line six spider oh yeah do you remember those things everyone everyone had the line six spider mate that was my that was my dream like i would have given up everything for that amp and then just because it had it had insane it had an insane setting on there that's the insane mode was the one but mate, yeah. but was it? But was it though? <laughs> like I, uh, I thought it was so good. But mate, I was I was fourteen. I didn't know what tone was. I hadn't like recorded anything yet. And then all these like old dudes were like, "Oh no, these amps are terrible. You want to get a like an orange or a Marshall?" And I was like, "No, like that doesn't. That's not giving me the juice that I need. I can't do riffs on a <laughs> on an orange." But you know, you grow up, you grow up, and you learn. And you were, you know, it's it's a whole journey. But I think from that, I, yeah, I got the line six and all the frills and this, this, and that. And it had like chorus on it and you could throw the lay and 
all this kind of stuff. And it was just so cumbersome that I was just like, I just went completely the other way. And I was just like, yeah, one amp, one guitar, that will do me just fine. But now I've slightly kind of coming back more into that. I'm just looking over at my guitar rack at the moment. And so there's five, yeah, there's five guitars in my rack right now, but I actually only own two of them because I have a terrible habit of borrowing guitars from people that have given up on playing guitar and they just don't ask for them back. So it's a great, great strategy to have. Very great I'm strategy. Not, I'm, I'm not living, lending you any of mine then. <laughs> but now you're you're killing it. You, I mean, you literally have a guitar podcast. I don't think your passion's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I'm... I'm I am approaching number 10 and number 10 on its way soon. Mate, that's what's your what's your baby? What's like the go-to? Um my go-to is my Chapman ML1 relic that I've got kind of it's Rabia's first signature guitar he had with Chapman. And I bought it cuz I was moved well I was moving to a flat and I had to sell the cab that I had because the the land um, landlord was just like no you you can't have that in here yeah I was, like, was oh, it a right. four by twelve no it's a two twelve oh uh, man victory. they got pissy over a two twelve yeah um it it was just one of them yeah um so I I got rid of it and uh, the guy was just like oh, I've got this Chapman I'll trade you the Chapman for the cab if you want best thing I ever fucking did mate that's quality. That, uh, I tracked the entire album with that guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I want to write and some, something, it's the first guitar I pick up. It will come in from work, and I just want to strum to something. Nice. I pick that up. Uh, so when I was even when I was recording the album, I didn't have a bass at the time. So what I did was use the quad cortex, transposed it down twelve <laughs> semitones. And recorded all of the bass on the same guitar on the Chapman. No way, that's quality, and it, and it sounds fucking killer. That's really so does. good. That's so good, man. I've heard really good things about Chapman. I think oh, I'm pretty sure my friend Josie is in. I bought by this. Them. I bought this one last Sunday from the UK Guitar Show. It's my fourth chap. Uh, my fourth Chapman, and I've. They are sending me a fifth one. That's but cute. That's really yeah. nice. Sandblasted ash body. Oh, it's Oof. gorgeous. That kind of looks like uh, that kind of looks like the Schecter that I used to have. Schecter Omen was it? I think I had the um, the Damien, the Damien Six. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was I. I, I regret selling that so much. It. Mm, I would make. I would make some dirty stuff with that guitar today but i um i had it during like my like the the original emo phase not the one i'm going through now but like the og one and then i joined a pop punk but more pop leaning band and it just didn't didn't fit in it was like matte black and it had bats on the neck and yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I think that had like the gold binding around the body as well. I think if I remember rightly. Oh, no, everything was matte black completely. It was like the most goth guitar ever. Um, 
but I yeah, I just didn't I didn't appreciate it at that time. It wasn't yeah. I should have. I mean, in a perfect world, I would have hung on to it. But um, I actually, oh, like I cut. Okay, I regret selling it. But that guitar led me to. Um, I bought a Tokai Les Paul from um, the old guitarist from Death of Anna. And uh. that was that was a that was solid. That was such a nice guitar. Like, um, yeah, Tokai's they're extremely well built. Like, extremely well built. And um and yeah, just tone wise and everything, just it was exactly it was it was it. And uh intonation was great on it, didn't really need much setting up. And yeah, it was just solid solid hunk of wood i'd like an old uh greco uh, and like uh, if i could find a greco or like an orville from 92 the year i was born i would just be like <laughs> on that but i ain't got that sort of stupid money as well because yeah that can be like as rare as hen's teeth sometimes it is it is stupid money but do you have like a like a holy grail guitar do you have one that you've just like apart from that You've just got your eye um, on this, like, that's the one. It was my RZKs, the Burns ESP, Rammstein signature oh. guitars. I'd wanted them for about 15 years. <laughs> um, and they were just, they were just like, so expensive. But I remember the first time kind of seeing them and I was like, <sighs> like, just drool. And uh, I finally got my first one during COVID. And then uh, a friend of mine was selling another one that he had um and he was like i'll offer it you for this price otherwise it's going on reverb and flea bay and <laughs> the, the price was too good to say no to so i like i sold my les paul that day like wow i i sold my les paul like that same day and That's big. i was just like all right i've got the money either <laughs> Mate, the things we do, the things we do to make this stuff happen. And it's like, and no one else notices. No one else can actually, like, a guitar's a guitar to most people. But it's just, man, there's something different about it. Like, I, so right now, my go-to is my, I've got a Fender Duosonic um, that I got when I was out in the States. And I swore up and down like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna have a fender again oh mate that's gorgeous yeah it's nice and, it, and it's um uh, it's actually burns paper i was gonna say what's that that finish is mad it's that's a really nice guitar that is a beautiful guitar Fen the fender duo sonic series are actually not half bad Mate, it's so, so I, um, yeah, I was in LA a few years back and the thing about that place is it's just really weird, but like weird <laughs> in its own way. Like it's, it's got its own certain brand of weird and I can't really describe it, but somehow this guitar encapsulates Los Angeles just as a place. Like it's a, uh, hold on, I've got it right here. Zip. So it's like a just that warm orange finish, and like the scratch plate isn't a pure white. It's like off -white a white cream sort of. Finish. It's like a slightly greeny off white, 
and this that to me is just los angeles like it's not it's not quite right it's just a little bit off in like a weird way and i saw it and my buddy rob played on it and he's just he's an incredible everything but he's just amazing on the guitar and he was just jamming on it and it just sounded so perfect i think we hooked it up to like a messer triple wreck and i heard it and i was like ah that sounds sick and mate i i literally did i did the same i was like i had um i've got like a us card that i use when i go out there um just to like avoid fees and all that but like that had like no money on it (laughs) so i was like i had to use like my uk card and it was like 5 a.m at the time and my bank like called me and they were like are you like are you making this transaction i was like yes yes i am <laughs> like do, do, do not stop this transaction yeah, but do not you know. block me like jesus but yeah i managed to like bring that back over and then the neck um everyone on tiktok was going crazy for the neck um it's by um neck illusions um they do some gorgeous like uh they're basically stickers but they're designed for fretboards and I've got like, it's a painting of the Sistine Chapel um, and just, just the colors and everything just looks so amazing on it. Um, but yeah, that's been my go-to, but then I got the, I got the pickup switched out to um, some iron gear pickups. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it just wasn't, I just needed just, just a bit, just a bit of extra juice on bite. there. Yeah. Cause I had, um, I had a set of EMGs in my in my Schecter and it was basically incapable of doing clean. Like it just couldn't, like there was no, it was like the 81, 85 set, like the classic uh, metal You dude. need to try because I swear by this pickup set, the 5766, because they're EMGs that give you really good kind of heavy tones they can give you a really nice crunch but then they can do really pristine cleans like you would really be surprised and i absolutely swear by that set mate i'm gonna have to check them out because that sounds pretty good because that's that's actually exactly what was after but my um my guitar tech at the time because i actually i think i think just emgs in general i was just like so off them um that i was like oh have you got any like seymour duncans that you recommend and he was like oh look at iron gear they're basically the same but just uk made and just very like way more affordable um so i just like trusted his judgment on that but um i might i don't know nah i'm really stoked on it if i get another guitar i might swap out i might um check out some different pickups but also i've got a just a Les Paul studio off my mate Dan. He, I think he might be at similar guitar number to you. He's, he's up there. He's in like the tens, twelves, I think. Um, so when I, when I was doing the album, um, things just started getting heavier and heavier as I went more down the emo route. And, uh, it's like, yeah, like emo's like my first, uh, was it? I think, no, metalcore, came before emo i think for me um yeah like i was more into like bullet trivium atreyu kill switch that kind of stuff 
And so there's a little bit of, oh, and Evanescence as well, like, you know, the new metal side of stuff, like them, Deftones, that kind of shit. Lacuna Coil. Yeah. So, like, there's a tiny bit of that that kind of bleeds into the album, just, like, riff-wise, and especially nowadays, like, oh, man, Architects are my favorite bands, and um, Bad Omens, everyone's going crazy for them, like, so there's a touch of that kind of stuff um, that the fender just wasn't just wasn't cutting it um so yeah i was like i asked dan if he had a super strat um because that was just my initial go-to i was like yeah just give me a super strat of just some crazy emgs in there and we'll go nuts but no he had this les paul and it's just it's just beefy and chunky as hell and got that set up i think i put because i wanted to do i started writing in uh a sharp so I needed some uh, <laughs> some like beefy strings on there and something heavy that could, you know, that could hold that. That's where you need like the baritone because I've got a baritone and I have my baritone set up in drop A. It's got 13 nice. through 62s on, but it feels like 10s because of the, the extended range. That's, um, yeah, that's what I need to look into because I've, I've seen them, but they just... Uh... I think they just put me off just because it, it's it's just something different. It's just You're not I used to it. yeah, and also I'm same. You know what? Going full circle. Same reason that I've got a Kemper or any kind of uh, like modular amp, and you know, as opposed to just a stock head and cab, is just because I like switching it up so much. Like I like having the versatility of being like oh okay today we're gonna do some nice clean frilly stuff and then we can do some like dirty drop downs like beat downs tomorrow um and i feel like if i forked out for a baritone i'm like okay i need to make the most of it and actually do some like more heavy shit but realistically on the record there's only like kind of two three songs that would have needed it um but i was like i can i can go without but one day one day in a perfect world i've not even played one before i actually need to test one out and see what they see what they feel like because i know the minute i do i'm gonna be like okay gonna need to buy that now but yeah for now i'm just i'm keep i'm keeping my distance for now just so i don't fall down that hole because that's what happened with the fender the minute i touched it i was like this guitar has to come back to london with me (laughs) Uh, it's it's one of those kind of, like you say no commitments you can just uh, you can just do it um, so we're kind of approaching towards the end of the podcast now already because like time's fucking flying already oh mate it has. Um, so, um, so what have we got to look forward to uh, for yourself this year obviously you've spoken about the new record coming so I'm assuming that's the uh, the big part of this year yeah we've got mate we've got some big time big time bangers to look forward to like i said i've just poured my heart and soul into this and just not only that but like every bit of skill and knowledge that i have i'm just trying to bring it all out in this and yeah i think uh including songs i've already released i've got about 14 tracks and most of them are coming out as singles because i feel like that's the a, it's more fun for me, and 
B, that's just that's just what we're doing nowadays. It's just uh, it's all about kind of the singles, getting the bangers out, getting the content out on TikTok and everything. And it's it's easier to do that than just kind of cherry pick the best two, and then have a bunch of album tracks just sitting there. Um, but yeah, stop living and don't dream is coming out on the twenty fourth of March. Next to thorns, it might it might be my. I might like it more than Thorns, but time time will tell. Time will tell. Though I love Thorns anyway. That's like my favorite song. But I think the fact that everyone else enjoyed it so much kind of made me love it even more, you know, like when that happens. Um, but Stop Living and Don't Dream is just insane. So many like it's if you grew up in the UK, like in that early 2000s era like it's gonna resonate with you so much and it's gonna be such a so many cool memories are gonna be unlocked uh so i'm like achievement unlocked achievement unlocked. yes <laughs> <laughs> so i am super excited about that one and then a uh, release plan for the rest of the year is i think singles pretty much like every month there's gonna be something new for me but i'm chronically online posting so people are going to see it there's going to be so much content going out and um yeah but just because i love doing it like i'm you know my quote-unquote day job is music video director so making videos is actually fun for me it's actually and it's something i'm good at doing so being able to kind of mix all that into it is yeah it's, it's a joy so yeah plenty of blangers Plenty of cool videos are going to be coming. I want to do some more cinematic stuff. I've not done like a fun cinematic video in a while. So I feel like that's definitely on the cards. I look forward to it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm massively hyped for what, you, what you've got coming. So I've been paying attention to your stuff since we, you know, we first introduced each other to each other. So I'm really looking forward to that. Appreciate um, that, man. Yeah, um, I, um, it's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. Um, so we kind of, um, as you well know, previous podcast people get to ask, um, like, you know, the next person on the podcast question. So we're going to get to that kind of bit. So sick. I was just having a quick look at the um, the running order for what I've got coming in. It's slightly changed around due to some people so originally you were going to be and this is a this is a spoiler alert for people that are listening <laughs> so uh you were originally going to be asking a question to danish pete from andertons yeah you told me yeah yeah so he's now had to put his episode back and so i've had to pull someone forward which actually this will work quite nicely so this uh, you're asking somebody called Tim Gauchy, uh, who is a guitarist down in Australia, who is a big, big, big Metallica fan. Nice. As, like, as a kind of like, you know, a little a tidbit and owns like a couple of Hetfield Snake Bites and an original uh, MX2 from like the Black Album days. Sweet. Uh, so you have free reign to ask him a question and the question that i will have for you which we'll answer first is okay. from um richard shaw from the band cradle of filth oh um, mate i fucking love cradle so, of filth this is wild um so richard 
sure wants to know what's been your biggest regret oh that's a solid that is a solid question um biggest regret is not i think i kind of mentioned it earlier when we were talking about kind of growing up in the scene and everything i yeah i had a very um yeah just a very like naive era of not taking things as seriously as seriously as they should have been taken and um yeah and i think i kind of got i got blinded by that whole pop side of stuff as well and like took that little detour and you know it kind of tried to make stuff that wasn't authentic to me just to kind of fit in a bit more into the into like the music scene as a whole and kind of you know went away from alternative stuff and was working you know rather than working with bands and guitar stuff I was working with a lot of DJs and you know these Hollywood songwriters and stuff and yeah just wasn't was not artistically fulfilling at all um and yeah I feel like I wasted a lot of time on that um but it's hard because everything happens for a reason and I'm more than happy with where I'm at currently now but if I could if I could have just carried on the path I was going down and just stuck to what I knew I was good at and what I loved making at the time then yeah I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as my biggest regret it's a solid I think a lot of people can uh, can learn something from that especially especially if they're in like the you know the very early days of their kind of musical career for sure um, so what would you like to ask our man Tim from the land down under? Oh man, you put me on spot. I thought like, I didn't know it was going to be as deep as that. I was just going to ask him like some What's Metallica related shit or something. Or something. Yeah. Mate, you can, you can ask him <laughs> if you want to go Metallica, you can ask whatever the hell you want, man. Nah, I feel like my guy's gone, he's gone deep. So, um, ooh, I... I will ask him. Ah, uh, this is this is a this is a tough one. And uh, okay, so he's he's a big Metallica fan. I feel like it has to be. It has to be okay. He, you have to replace either James or Kirk in the band. You have to pick, yeah. You have to pick to insert yourself into the band. Either replace James, and he doesn't play guitar anymore and just sings, or you replace Kirk and he's out of the band. Oof, oof. I oh man, I could not answer that. <laughs> oh, that's that's a doozy. That is a doozy. That's the best I can come up with now. Like I wanted to kind of go deep, but my brain's not there at this time. But uh. Yeah. Oh that's... man, that that's a tough question. That is. Oh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the answer. For that. <laughs> I'm I like to keep things to... a little bit, you know, a, a little bit controversial, you know. But I mean, 
I mean, either way, it's still Metallica. It's still going to bang, right? But Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Um, right. So the, the final three questions on the podcast are the same for every uh, guest that we have on for a nice little bit of continuity on the show. Nice. Um, so first up, you are on a desert island. You can take one pedal, one Oof. guitar, one amp. What, no budget. What are you taking with you? That's actually that. I feel I that would be hard for a lot of people, but I am very simple. <laughs> people are gonna hate me for this answer. Um, wait, just to clarify, for amp, can I can I take a Kemper? You can because to be fair, like I made the mistake of saying it in the very first episode of Guitar Geeks. I was like, yeah, you can take that, and then now it's kind of like I've had to stick to that rule now. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But actually. No, if if I take the Kemper, it cancels out my other my other choice. So I oh, and there's there's no budget as well. No, actually, do you know what? That still that still doesn't matter because so I'm taking my Durosonic because I know it. That's my baby, Inside Out. That's my guitar. Um, <laughs> for pedal, I'm taking the tuner pedal. Because that is, I think, you're the, I think you're the first person that's picked a tuner as a pedal. Hey, I'm being smart. I'm being smart. You got to stay in tune. That is, that's more important for me than any effect. I'm taking my Durosonic. I'm taking a TU2, not even the TU3. I'm taking the TU2 along, and amp just to be different and not. Yeah, I'm not gonna take the Kemper. I am gonna take. Ah, uh, do you know what? It's not great, but it's uh, it's close to my heart because I had it for so many years. I'm going to take my Marshall AVT 150. It's a solid shot. Those amps can fucking go. The was... bit, I think they're solid stay, but they can go. So it was a... It's part of their valve state range yeah. which basically solid state but <laughs> it had it had the illusion of being a valve amp but um yeah no they that pumped that got me that i took that on tour i took that on an arena tour um that was solid so yeah i'm gonna go with that with the matching cab nice nice it's gonna that's a a solid rig especially with those noise levels you can just go and, <laughs> and i'll be in tune yeah, <laughs> especially if you're on a desert island, it's yeah. going to be like horrendous on the street. Oh yeah, so you got to be got to be smart. <laughs> uh, secondly, um, what have you been listening to on your preferred streaming platform? Oh, I will. Do you know what? I'll pull it up for you. And it's, uh, it, it's going to be a uh, pulling up uh, logic now and there. Uh, not logic, what's logic for? I'm in Spotify. Yeah. Um, oh, mate, it is a random mix. I mean, yeah, I'll shout out Bad Omens because they're, they're killing it. I've really um, got into them recently. They're so good. Uh, oh, do you know who? Do you know who I'm loving again, actually? Ent Shikari. Oh, yeah. They've they've started coming out with some bangers again. And, uh, and do you know what? I listen to a lot of my mates. A lot of my mates... I'm I'm very privileged at this moment in time. I'm in the, you know, there's a 
music scene of people that aren't quite, you know, we're all coming up. No one's, you know, got a massive head on them and, you know, doing modest numbers, but just solid music. So Danny Sylvia's one. She does like if you like 1975 kind of stuff, but just more pop, very solid, like 80s beats. Um, Faber's amazing. Uh, she's got a song called Intuition Speaks, which is like ve- it's like very new metal, which I am super happy about. Um, and Passion Flower, another black dude making pop punk, just killing it. Um, but yeah, all people that I like kind of know that are just doing awesome music. So yeah, a mixture of that and some, you know, some of the old school stuff seeps in can't let go of the paramours first album and mayday parade that kind of stuff is it's always in there it's an eclectic mix yeah somewhat somewhat um and last but not least where can people find more about you the best place actually just type my name into spotify or your preferred streaming platform w-a-l-w-i-n it's got everything you need to know. I mean, I do have a website, but no one goes there. It's warwinmusic.com. But yeah, also on MySpace. <laughs> Follow, like, add me on MySpace. <laughs> That's where it's at. I can't remember my URL, but yeah, I'm on Space Hey. Um, throwing out stuff on there but yeah that's got a link to my spotify and everything on there so that's the best place to find me. I'm on, I'm on everywhere. I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, um and MySpace. <laughs> MySpace is the one. That's the one we're plugging. Yeah, that's going to be the one. As always, all of the links to Warwin's website, socials, everything like that is going to be down in the description box on your preferred streaming platform. But let's be honest, most people tend to listen to it on Spotify. Let's be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before we finish, oh, I've, got one, oh. I've got one question for you. Oh, one question. Ooh, I don't think I've been yeah. asked a question before. Okay, let's go. All right. Let's go. And my one question is, Roman or Cody? Oh. Because, I, I, mate, I've been following this storyline more than anything. And I'm like, I don't, I have no idea which way it's going to go. I think it's going to go Cody. I think... I think realistically with how long Roman's, literally Roman's reign has been, (laughs) um, I think it's going to be Cody. Um, It feels like he's he's just got the hype behind him, especially after coming, like, with everything he was doing at AEW, then coming coming back to the WWE, he kind of brought that hype with him. Obviously got very unlucky with having the injury, but I I think he's going to be the one to... I think it's done him favours though, because if it had, um, I don't know if he would have been if he was starred in the same spot. If um, once he got injured, uh, Hell in a Cell, I don't think he would have had the momentum behind him. It was it was looking that way, but say if it okay, say if it did go to plan and it was him and Roman at SummerSlam, I don't know if it would have, if that would have. I think the air just it would have made. I think if Roman had won, it would have have just been like, oh, yeah, cool, like, blah, 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 and then just not really buried him, but, you know, he'd probably just be in, like, another feud by now. But coming back, winning the Rumble, mate, I... Did you see his his promo with Heyman 
couple of weeks yeah. ago. I've watched that about ten times. Heyman's every time, always been good when he's, he's been he's in always, promo, but, but every time it just... gets to that line, that last line where he's like, "But Roman was the son." He always wanted. I was like, oh, I fucking, mate, it, it hurts me. Like, it hurts me. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, he just said that on TV. And I'm just like, nah, it's deep. Yeah. It's so Did deep. But yeah. There. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody thought that it was originally going to be The Rock and, and Roman. But, um, you know, that was being hyped for best part of a year now i think that was kind of on the cards but yeah i'm glad it's I'm been glad going on for a minute yeah way. i'm glad i think maybe that seems more like a <clears throat> summer slam thing yeah that seems more like a yeah like i bet it's hollywood i don't know i don't know mate all i know is that i'm gonna be there i'm literally in the back row i'm as far away as you can get because that's the only ticket but i could afford going. but just to say literally just to say i've been but um I have met Roman Reigns. No, really? Yeah. Um, I was in Birmingham and I was meeting up with a friend for a beer. And ironically enough, I was going to the house show that was in Birmingham on the evening. And then I was just walking down Broad Street and I was like, that's, that was Zack Ryder? I was like, <laughs> eh? And then like literally about 400 yards down the road, Mojo Rawley walked past and I was like, what the actual fuck? And then I walked a bit further up and there was loads of people outside of a hotel. Uh, ah. and that's where the wrestlers were staying. And I met, I got a photo with like Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, that's Roman. Sick. And Roman was the nicest guy ever. Like he, he like there was loads of kids there. He autographed everything for the kids. Did photos. Did photos of everyone. He he was honestly one of the nicest guys. He seems super genuine, man. I think they all yeah they all have to be like just decent people. Like a just... few of them were pricks. I'm not gonna. <laughs> that just blanked everyone. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but, but then I also I get it. Like I I, I get it. Like yeah. if that if that's your every day, you know, I would hate it. It can get yeah get on your tits sometimes but no so i just had to throw that in real quick i had to i had to ask because well, uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see i'm, how I'm equally as confused only time will tell literally as you say yeah man we've got uh, less less than a month now yeah it's usually it's usually like end of march start of april and it's uh it's uh i think my my ticket is for the first i think that's the first night and then yeah there's night two which i'm hoping i get the roman match on night one i don't think it will be but I'm, my fingers are crossed no it'll be Rhea against charlotte is it charlotte now yes yes it is that. yes i fucking love dom so much he's such a prick <laughs> he's so good <laughs> I, I just whenever i see him i just think back to fucking the feud with Eddie and Ray and Eddie like where the fuck was Vicky <laughs> like, but it was so ever. good anyway well win it's been a pleasure thank you Mate. ever so much for spending this early Sunday afternoon with me it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm sure time things weren't a problem we could have done another good fucking few hours that's for sure oh mate easily but no mate it's been an absolute pleasure man thank you for having me on i really appreciate it 
Uh, you're very welcome. Obviously, we all kind of wish you the best of luck with the album this year and all of the releases coming. And mainly, you have a good time in Hollywood. Like, you know, what can what can be better than that? Mate, I will do. I'll do my best. I'll do my absolute best. <laughs> so make sure you check Warming Out. Make sure you go into the description box, check his music out, check out his links. Give him, give him a like, give him a follow, give him some support because we all know we all need a bit of support in this day and age. I hope Absolutely. you have a lovely rest of your day, whatever you decide to do. And as always, thank you everybody for listening. Make sure that you drop a follow to the Guitar Geeks podcast. You can find me at the Corona Mortis on Instagram and you can find us at the Guitar Geeks podcast on all of your streaming platforms. Once again, Walwyn, thank you ever so much. I have been Josh and we'll see you in the next episode very soon. See ya, thanks.